On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to The Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Tuesday, November 9th. Ian Cameron with you, and it is a solo mission for yours truly on the Ice Guys today. It's uh, one of those crazy days, unfortunately, and it's unfortunate with such a big card that, uh, you know, we've got uh, some missing teammates. And look, we've got some teams. We'll talk about San Jose, of course. They've had some issues personnel-wise. We have some issues personnel-wise today at the Ice Guys. Uh, Alex B. Smith has a... um, situation health-wise with his father and we certainly send our best wishes thoughts and prayers to him and his family he's gone back home jimmy murphy is tending to something in terms of a little bit of a family emergency and andrew mcginnis is tending to something called a vocal emergency he's lost his voice his vocal cords are bothering him he's got a sore throat can barely talk so as a result here i am uh just me today on the show and we'll get you through a massive tuesday nhl card we've got 10 games on tap Let's get started. We've got the Carolina Hurricanes taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Tampa Bay, minus 130 home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. Uh, normally, Carolina's in the spot tonight coming into this game where I'd like to back, or sorry, bet against a team that's lost their first game of the season. Sometimes you get a little bit of a, I guess, a hangover or a team that, you know, when they go that long without losing a game, sometimes you when you lose that first game, some of the edges off, and you end up losing a few games after that. But I don't think Carolina is in a position where they are going to be flat uh, for this game. Not after losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs last year. You know, a Tampa Bay team that I think Carolina thought they could match up pretty well against and even have a chance to beat. And certainly they had a lot of regular season success last year uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they were really never able to back that up in the playoffs and for Carolina after losing to Florida five to two uh, on Saturday, I think you're going to see certainly a better uh, performance from them here tonight in this game. They do have a couple injuries that you want to be aware of. Obviously they've been without Nino Niederreiter uh, for a bit of time now, lower body injury, uh, Brett Pesci on the blue line as well. Uh, last game against Florida that they lost five to two, their first loss of the year. He missed that game as well due to an injury. So we'll see if he's able to return tonight uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes uh, on that blue line. Still a quality blue line. Lots of depth when you talk about Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea, Ian Cole. Uh, Brendan Smith's a guy that's going to slide in if Brett Pesci. Brett Pesci doesn't look like he's going to play. So that's basically the guy that draws into the lineup as uh, Brendan Smith, who is no slouch. He's played a ton of games in the National Hockey League with the New York Rangers, with the Detroit Red Wings. So uh, there's no problem, you know, trusting him to just slide in to this blue line and play uh, at a very uh, solid level here for the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. You got Tampa Bay returning home off a uh, mini two-game uh, road trip uh, in Toronto and Ottawa. They split the two games. They uh, lost in overtime to the Leafs, and then they followed that up with a 5-3 win against Ottawa. Uh, cashed a ticket with the over in that game on Saturday. Uh, the Sens and the Lightning. Uh, Tampa Bay's playing better, I guess you could say. They've won four of their last five games, no doubt about that. Competition leaves a little to be desired, though. I mean, they beat Ottawa. They beat a Washington team that at the time, you know, that was just when they lost TJ Oshie to injury, and they were going through a slump in that uh, moment, uh, Arizona, and then a Pittsburgh team that uh, a little bit banged up when they played the Penguins. So this is going to be a challenge here for Tampa Bay back home off a, a mini little two-game swing. And, you know, you throw out the playoffs and what happened last year uh, between these two teams. And obviously it was disappointing from a uh, Carolina standpoint. They lose in five games uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. But in the regular season, man, Carolina did very well uh, head-to-head 
uh, against uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll see if that carries over here uh, in this one. But I'm on Carolina here at the plus price, plus 110. And again, when you talk about this total being five and a half here, I'm going to go over the total as well. You look at the uh, situation here for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes with the blue line again, a couple key cogs out back there. It's kind of the same thing I talked about with Florida uh, the last couple games where their defense has suddenly looked a little bit unsettled uh, in the last few games. So uh, that's the way I'm going to approach it here. Uh, full game over five and a half, and I like Carolina here. Uh, plus 115 uh, is the price you can get. It's the first time they're playing Tampa Bay since losing in the postseason to them. So we'll go with Carolina and over five and a half here between the Hurricanes and the Lightning. Uh, next up, we've got the Los Angeles Kings and the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal, uh, minus 145, home favorites, five and a half the total, shaded to the under uh, in this game. LA Kings, we are um, we warned you about that game. Now, none of us actually, I think, bet LA. Uh, so, you know, we can't give ourselves too much of a pat on the back. I know we said on yesterday's show, uh, Andrew just had that informal uh, poll, which of the big underdogs was most likely to pull the upset. And we all pretty much agreed that it would be the Los Angeles Kings uh, last night. But I don't think any of us actually bet the Kings. So don't give us too much credit. I mean, we didn't even put our own money on the on the line in that game. So uh, don't give us too much credit for that. But nevertheless, the uh, Kings did what I was worried they were capable of doing, to be honest. Because we've seen Toronto over the years. They have big wins against you know, teams that they have a little bit of a history against and uh, teams that they are certainly looking to prove themselves against, like a Tampa Bay, like a Boston, and then all of a sudden you're playing L.A., you know, a Western Conference team after a little bit of a win streak and kind of felt like that spot where Toronto just wasn't going to be amped up for that game from the beginning. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, they fell behind 2 nothing in the first period, and Sheldon Keefe says after the game, yeah, we weren't ready. Uh, we didn't have that urgency we had the last two games. So uh, pretty much nailed it, uh, Sheldon Keefe, with his analysis there, which is exactly the case. And when you fall behind the Kings early, the one thing the Kings have done here is do well with a the lead. They got really good goaltending from Jonathan Quick. I mean, it's not like the Leafs were garbage last night. They did have a lot of chances, but Jonathan Quick was there to make the saves uh, when he was needed. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, obviously they're playing the Kings already for the first uh, or for the second time already this year. Uh, and the Montreal Canadiens lost just uh, a, a couple of weeks ago in LA uh, by a score of five to two uh, to the LA Kings. So we'll see if the uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens have bounced back game in them. Uh, well, that remains to be seen. But uh, you got the LA Kings here on the second night of back to back games. Uh, it's not the easiest spot in the world for them by any stretch of the imagination, but there's no way that I'm ready to lay a price with the Montreal Canadiens tonight. There was some talk that with Carey Price being back on the team that he might be able to start as soon as tonight uh, in net for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, but that is not going to be uh, the case. It's going to be Jake Allen uh, in between the pipes here for uh, the Montreal Canadiens tonight, and you would think it'll be Cal Peterson after uh, Jonathan Quick was in net last night uh, for the LA Kings uh, against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I would expect Peterson and Allen to be the goalies here uh, in this game. The Kings are on a nice little streak here, five in a row. And uh, I don't know if I'll make it an official bet, but I'll tell you right now, I lean to the Kings here, even though they're on the second night of back-to-back -back games. And especially with the money pouring in on Montreal, like this, this line is moving toward uh, the Habs. Like this is some team that we can just totally bank on here to get the job done and bounce back when they have not played good hockey for a pretty much the entire season. Their only victories were Detroit, San Jose off a long road trip, and Detroit. Two wins against Detroit and a win against San Jose when San Jose was back home for their first game off a horrible, horrible, uh, horribly long road trip, I should say. They didn't play horrible on it, but it was a long road trip for the San Jose Sharks, and uh, it was just not a good spot for them uh, whatsoever. Uh, like we said, Jake Allen has struggled lately, um, but he's really been hung out to dry by the uh, defense uh, in front of him. Uh, that continues to be an issue. Uh, the Canadians, by the way, looks like they could be shorthanded up front. Christian Dvorak questionable. We talked about how uh, the blue line with uh, missing Joel Edmondson all year has hurt them back there. Jonathan Drouin missed the last two games. He's out once again for the Montreal Canadiens tonight. And it looks like Josh Anderson is also going to be uh, a game-time decision tonight. Anderson's questionable, non-COVID-19 illness. Uh, Christian Dvorak, questionable. 
undisclosed injuries. It's not like they've gotten a ton offensively. Dvorak's been a disappointment. They went after Dvorak because they lost Kotkaniemi to Carolina. He was supposed to fill that void a little bit, and they, he just hasn't been able to do that yet uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Like one goal and four assists so far this year for uh, Dvorak is not great. They, they do want some offense from him. He struggled to find the back of the net uh, early in the new season with his new team. So there's nothing I can I see here with the Montreal Canadiens that makes me think, yeah, let's lay minus 150 with them. And it is minus 150. It's even minus 155 at our good friends at DraftKings at their sports book. So uh, it is definitely not a team I'm looking to lay this price with. Definitely lean Los Angeles. I think if this was a non-back-to-back off a win, uh, or if this was not a back-to-back off a win, uh, satisfying win against Toronto, I'd be on the Kings for sure. But I would still take the Kings with the underdog price before I lay anything with the struggling Montreal Canadiens right now. Uh, Ottawa Senators, Boston Bruins. We've got Boston minus 300 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, five and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, the Bruins back home where they're 4-0 and this year. Uh, four of their five wins have been uh, at the TD Garden, and uh, they'll be looking to bounce back after a 5-2 loss to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Jimmy Murphy, kudos to him. Of course, he knows the Bruins inside and out. He's covered the team for many, many years, and he said it for weeks on this show uh, that this team defensively it worries him, that he doesn't think this is a great blue line by any stretch of the imagination, and it's hard to disagree with Jimmy right now. Uh, they're making mistakes in their own zone. They're not tying up. Uh, forwards in front of the net. Uh, they're getting, they're letting the opposing team get those opportunities for those loose puck battles, winning those loose puck battles in front of the net. That's definitely a worry right now for this Bruins team. Uh, just that, not that sturdy, sound, strong defensive play uh, in their own zone, breakdowns in their own zone and coverage, leaving guys wide open uh, in the, uh, you know, right in front of the net. We saw that a couple of times in a couple of those goals that Toronto scored against the uh, Boston Bruins on Saturday night. So I'm definitely not impressed with what I've seen at times from the Bruins in their own end, uh, giving up five goals in that game against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and we've seen them. They gave up three to Carolina. They gave up four goals and a loss to the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, they did shut out Detroit, uh, and that was a really good defensive game from them. But they haven't had too many of those. Uh, so far this year, we'll see how they fare here against Ottawa. Uh, the Ottawa Senators definitely have their own issues, particularly at the defensive end of the ice as well, when you look at the way things are going. And they're also banged up a little bit on the center ice position. Two of their projected starting centers, Shane Pinto, Colin White, uh, they've both been missing. And when people see the starting centers out of the lineup, right away they assume, you know what, going to miss that that th their goal-scoring ability. No, it's more than that. And with a lot of teams with their center uh, position, when they have uh, centers that go down to injury, people underestimate the things other than scoring that they bring to the team, winning faceoffs, being a sound defensive presence. And usually if you're a center, you're, you're, you're very good in terms of your two-way game. You not only can chip in offensively, you not only can make a difference at that end of the ice, but usually you're very good away from the puck. And usually if you're a center and you're a good center, you're also very sturdy defensively. Uh, and I think it's one of those situations where since Ottawa's a little bit banged up in the center ice spot, we've seen their defensive game really start to wane and, and, and decline in terms of uh, what they're uh, bringing out on, on, the, on the defensive end of the ice. I mean, you look at these last uh, four games here for Ottawa, they've lost all four, give up five to Chicago, five to Minnesota, five to Vegas, five to Tampa Bay. Uh, they have not had a really good defensive game for a long period of time. And uh, certainly it's got to be frustrating here for uh, DJ Smith uh, going into this game. We'll see if they can correct that at all. But you look, too, at the Ottawa blue line, and another thing that is worrisome for them is, again, their blue line depth. You know, it's definitely a cause for concern here. I like Thomas Shabbat. Uh, Eric Brandstrom is going to get an opportunity now that he promoted because of uh, Nick Holden landing on the COVID-19 list. So he's going to be in the lineup, make his starting debut. And he's, I think, more of an offensive-minded defenseman than a great defensive uh, you know, a great uh, defensive player in his own zone. Artem Zubes hit or miss. And then you've got Michael Delzato and Josh Brown. And I'll tell you right now, that blue line, uh, that 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 third pair, Brown and Delzato, Delzato is not a good defender in his own zone. He never has been. That's why he's been bounced around the NHL. 
uh, to a bunch of different teams. He's just not been good and uh, prone to making gaffes with the puck and mistakes in his own zone. So that continues to be an issue here for the Ottawa Senators is their defensive play. Uh, when you look at the uh, head-to-head meetings between uh, these two teams, now they haven't played uh, in a couple of years. We had a little bit of a split where two of the games went under, two of the games went over, so it's hard to take too much from that. But right now you got the Bruins that are having a tougher time than they normally have in years past, keeping the puck out of their own net. And you certainly are seeing that with Ottawa right now. that They're having trouble keeping the puck out of their own net. So I like over five and a half here, minus 120. Uh, I think take advantage of this right now with the Ottawa Senators struggling again defensively, and Boston actually is as well. But on the flip side here, Boston at home, I could see them scoring a bunch of goals here in this game. It's probably going to be Matt Murray and net for the uh, Ottawa Senators and you know his numbers overall this year haven't been spectacular uh, by any stretch of the imagination he has a 3.1 goals against average uh, 891 save percentage Matt Murray coming into this game so this is basically I think we're at the point now with Matt Murray that's what you're going to get from him you know he's not going to be that you know Vesna Trophy contending goaltender anymore I just don't think you know being an elite goalie or an excellent goalie or even a very good goalie is in the cards anymore at this stage of his career uh, for uh, Matt Murray. I mean, he's an average goalie. Let's let's call it out for what we see. Now, I know he's got not a, the greatest of help in front of him from a blue line standpoint. There's way better defense scores than Ottawa's, but still, I mean, he's just not shown you really ever since he won the Cup a few years ago with Pittsburgh that he's anything more than a mediocre goaltender in the National Hockey League. So I think both teams find the back of the net here, and I'm going to go over five and a half with the Senators and the Bruins. Uh, next up, we've got Florida and New Jersey. Florida minus 135 to minus 140 uh, road favorites. The total six uh, across the board uh, in this one. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see uh, where this uh, line goes. This is an ESPN Plus game, by the way. It's one of the national games on the ESPN Plus platform. So uh, beware of that uh, going into this game. Uh, by the way, I just want to make a note. Someone in our chat saying it could be uh, Anton Forsberg in that, but that's not the case. Uh, I can tell you right now, it's Anton Forsberg's out. Uh, Anton Forsberg has got a illness, not a COVID illness, but an illness. Uh, he's not going to be uh, an option uh, in net for the Senators tonight. I think it hasn't been confirmed that it's Murray, but it probably will be. And if it's not him, it'll be Philip Gustafson. But I can tell you, definitely will not be Anton uh, Forsberg for Ottawa. Anyway, getting back to Florida, New Jersey. Uh, I like Florida here. Bounce back spot. I know it's a back-to-back situation. They were in. Uh, New York against the Rangers last night. Madison Square Garden, uh, tough loss uh, for the Florida Panthers. Really tough loss because you look at the final score and you lo- actually look at the fact that they were down 4 nothing at one point in that game and you said, what a shitty performance from the Florida Panthers. No, they, they played they played well. I don't think they, pl- they played probably better, certainly defensively. I mean, even though the Rangers had 18 shots, they did have too many odd man rushes, too many da- high danger grade a quality scoring chances that's why you can't always buy into shots on goal because even though the rangers only had 18 a lot of those were just you know 10 bell chances or 10 star chances whatever 10 star high grade grade a whatever you want to call it but um definitely uh, a situation where uh the um uh florida panthers uh certainly gave up way more defensively uh than we have seen uh, you know, in recent games this year during this terrific run uh, to start the year. Uh, on the flip side for uh, the um, New Jersey Devils, it's not exactly the greatest of situations for them. They're returning home first game off a West Coast road trip. They faced Anaheim. They faced L.A. Uh, they faced San Jose uh, in those uh, three games. They ended up going one and two uh, in those games, and now they're returning home uh, off that road trip. The good news is, uh, they get an extra day, so it makes it a little bit uh, better to be able to handle this. But uh, I don't think there's much debate right now that Florida is not just better than New Jersey, but quite a bit better. And the one thing we've seen from the Florida Panthers is a loss does not deter this hockey team. Uh, we saw them lose their first game to Boston. They bounced right back uh, in the very next game, uh, and they ended up winning 5-4 against the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, we talked about Florida, though, their defensive play and the fact that with the uh, Nudavara injured. Uh, the good news is Radko Gudis, it looks like, is going to come back. They're without Bennett. Uh, they're without now Mason Marchment, who uh, left the uh, Ranger game with an upper body injury. And he's a he's a good depth forward uh, for the Florida Panthers. So, again, he doesn't get the uh, attention uh, and the uh, 
talking points, I guess, if you will, that uh, Barkov and Duclair and uh, Verhage uh, and Sam Reinhart and some of those guys get on this Florida team. Uh, but definitely someone you want to uh, uh, keep an eye on. And he will be a date. It looks like a game time decision here for this one. Of course, Sergei Bobrovsky remains a day to day for the uh, uh, Florida Panthers uh, as he continues to battle through an upper body injury. So uh, that means we're looking at we're either looking at Spencer Knight for a second straight game after playing against the uh, Rangers uh, last night, or they're going to turn to Christopher Gibson who now is the uh, backup to Spencer Knight with uh, Sergei Bobrovsky uh, on the men. So uh, keep an eye on what we see here. Uh, he has not been good in the AHL this season, Christopher Gibson. Uh, 4.33 goals against, 882 save percentage. So this could be one of those games where I, I decide which path I take based on who's in net for the Florida Panthers. Uh, so in, in, in this case here, uh, when I look at it with this game, if it's Knight, I probably prefer the Florida side at minus 135. He could even go in regulation for a better price. Or if it's Christopher Gibson in net, I might pivot and go over the total. And Florida has gone over the total now in three straight games. Uh, and we've talked about some of the uh, absences on the blue line have uh, played into that uh, defensive, not decline, but you know they have given up more goals uh, the last few games of uh, Florida. So uh, it's important to keep that in mind. So we'll see who ends up being the confirmed goaltender. There's also some rumblings that Mackenzie Blackwood, who of course hasn't started yet, uh, or I should say he did start against the uh, Kings his first game, but uh, Mackenzie Blackwood back. Uh, he probably will get the nod here for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Remember, they've had uh, the other two goalies going for them uh, the early part of the season. Uh, Dougie Hamilton as well, you know, continues to be day-to-day -day with that lower body injury, and he is also a game-time decision here tonight for the Devils. So, They've got some injury concerns, but it's probably going to be Blackwood for them after he played in the game against the uh, L.A. Kings. And he didn't play that terribly, to be honest with you. That's a solid performance from him uh, in that game, even though the uh, Kings uh, were victorious by a score uh, of 3-2 to two, uh, in that game uh, in overtime. So we'll see how this goes. I believe I'll probably make – I definitely lean Florida and I lean over, but I probably prefer Florida with Knight. I probably prefer the over with um, Gibson. Uh, Christopher Gibson, if he ends up being the uh, starting goalie here for the uh, Florida Panthers tonight uh, in this game. There is a goal score prop that I like in this matchup as well. Uh, and it is someone that we're, you know, you could get probably some uh, pretty uh, good prices with him. And this is a guy that has now scored for the Florida Panthers four goals uh, in the last six games. And with his offensive uh, ability uh, for the Panthers, I'm hoping that we get to the point where he's no longer playing on the fourth line because he has scored four times in the last six games in spite of the fact he's playing fourth line minutes. And that's E2 Lusterinen uh, here for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, A2 has scored four goals, uh, Lusterinen, four goals in the last six games. And this is one of those goal score props where you've got a depth forward down the lineup, bottom six, uh, maybe a chance he gets elevated tonight, potentially by Andrew Brunette, uh, but someone that definitely the betting markets are sleeping on. And you can get in the plus 450 to plus 500 range uh, with him tonight in this game. Uh, we have someone in the chat, by the way, right now, alluding to something that I also look for when it comes to uh, goal score props uh, in a game like this is that people that go up and down the lineup, you know, due to uh, injuries, uh, that's definitely uh, something to. Uh, keep in mind uh, always look for that you know certain games where you see uh, players that uh, were playing on the uh, third line that they get elevated to a top six forward role and oftentimes those are good situations to really take advantage of from the goal score props standpoint because you've got uh, guys that just aren't accustomed to playing those minutes and uh, uh, that is that the, so those are definitely good situations to look out for uh, but th this one is one that stands out to me because we're getting a bottom six forward that's now scored four times in the last six games, not being priced like the goal-scoring uh, offensive difference maker that he's been the last six games for Florida. So uh, Lusterinen for the uh, Florida Panthers, uh, plus 450 to plus 500. Pretty good price there uh, for him on a 
bargain bin goal scorer prop tonight for me uh, in that game. Uh, Edmonton, Detroit. We've got Edmonton minus 165 road favorites, uh, six and a half the total shaded to the under. Uh, in this one, the Edmonton Oilers continue to roll along. Still just the one loss on the year, 9-1, and 3-0 and on the road. Uh, this could be a good challenge for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. But, you know, Detroit is a feisty team. They've won back-to-back games, beating Buffalo in overtime 4-3, to and then beating Vegas at the very end of a pretty lengthy road trip for Vegas uh, in the Eastern time zone. And the Red Wings took care of business with a 5-2 uh, victory over the Golden Knights. So impressive stuff. Uh, from the uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, the last few games. Uh, I am on the over in this game. This is uh, over six Oilers and Red Wings. I mean, it's just hard right now to not look at an Edmonton game and think they won't score at least three or four goals. They have just been doing that repeatedly. You look at the last uh, six games for Edmonton, they've scored three goals or more in five of the last six games. The last three games against the Rangers, the Predators, and the Kraken, these aren't horrible defensive teams by any stretch. And here are the Oilers with 16 goals in the last three games. Uh, they have been absolutely outstanding uh, offensively. Connor McDavid, we've seen, obviously everybody now has seen the highlight real goal he scored against the Rangers. It was absolutely remarkable how well he played uh, or how great that goal was against the New York Rangers. I mean, it's just a team that's got so many different uh, players offensively up front that can beat you. And what we were also seeing from the uh, Oilers is, you know, they've got a little bit more scoring depth behind McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, this year. Obviously, Dreisaitl, 23 points, 10 goals. McDavid, 22 points, 8 goals leading the team. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, he's got 14 points and all of them assists, but uh, still 14 points. Uh, yes, Apuli Arvey. Uh, five goals, seven assists, 12 points. Zach Hyman, the new addition from the Toronto Maple Leafs, has been outstanding. Seven goals, three assists, 10 points. Uh, he's been a point-of-game player as well for the Oilers. Like They're getting different contributions throughout the lineup, without a doubt, this year. I mean, Warren Fogle, a good offseason pickup from the Carolina, has had five points and two goals as well. So uh, they've definitely gotten some um, guys other than just Leon and Connor. Uh, to step up for them offensively. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling here in this game uh, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Edmonton has struggled long-term in Detroit, and that's the one concern here. And the other concern about laying the price with Edmonton tonight, uh, not only with Detroit being you know feisty, you know they, they, they're a team that seems to find their way to stay in a lot of games. And we've seen Detroit against good competition rise up even and pull off an upset. They should have beat Tampa Bay first night of the year. They did beat uh, the Washington Capitals just recently uh, in a game. Uh, and now this one uh, against Edmonton, you would expect Detroit's going to want to, you know, knock off a 9-1 and team. So I'd expect a spirited effort here from Detroit. And you're going to have Stuart Skinner, uh, Stuart Skinner uh, in net here for the uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight, uh, making his uh, season debut and only his second career start in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's been good in the AHL. Uh, I look at won both games, uh, a terrific save percentage goals against. Um, but the problem is now, can he can, you know, tra can this translate to the NHL level? It's always a question mark. I like seeing that he has good uh, AHL numbers, but this is the national hockey league now. And the one thing about Detroit, you know, the last few games, their offense has picked it up nine goals the last two games and their victories against the Sabres and the golden Knights. So, They've gone over in three straight. Edmonton's gone over in five of their last six games. Uh, I'm not going to overcomplicate it. The total is sitting at six uh, still in a couple of books, six and a half at others, so make sure you shop around. But we'll go over the total here with the Oilers uh, and the Red Wings um, in this one. Uh, and by the way, the thing that concerns me too for Detroit, we do need to talk about this a little bit. Now, it's not confirmed who they're going to uh, roll with tonight uh, in between the pipes, Detroit. Uh, but it's worth talking about the fact that uh, this has not exactly been a great, great beginning to the career of Alex Nedeljkovic here in Detroit. We talked about this guy playing so well for much of the year uh, last year uh, with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, but, uh, you know, he's uh, kind of now look, he's not facing he's facing a lot more shots. The defense in front of him is nowhere near as good as it was in Carolina. Uh, but 3.03 goals against average, 9.10 save percentage. So it's been tougher sledding 
this year for Nadelkovich playing on the Detroit Red Wings. And really, are we that shocked? I mean, he's playing now on a team that's much weaker, uh, especially at the defensive in the defensive zone. And, and we're seeing definitely evidence of him kind of struggling with that. So uh, definitely, I would look toward this game having some goals scored in it uh, with the Oilers and Red Wings. Again, six, six and a half uh, being uh, the total here uh, in this game. Uh, so make sure you shop around uh, and try to find the uh, best of the number that you can uh, if you're going to get involved on the uh, total here in this game. If there's, uh, if you like the over, as I do, try to find a six. And if you like the under, try to find a six and a half because you should be able to find both right now. All right, we'll get to the rest of the card in just a second, the second half of this Tuesday card. But first, we'll pause to tell you about DraftKings, the NHL season. It's here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL, they have an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. It doesn't matter if it's a one-timer or a deflection. If they light the lamp, you win. If DraftKings isn't available in your state, don't worry. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right, let's move on to St. Louis and Winnipeg. We've got Winnipeg minus 125 home favorites here, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, bounce, looking to bounce back from a uh, loss to the New York Islanders, uh, two to nothing uh, on Saturday night, a team that had played some really good hockey on home ice, but credit to the Islanders. We know when they're at their best and when they're winning games, they're doing it with uh, defense first, uh, and they played a, a very good game. Uh, the other night uh, against the uh, New York uh, defensively against the uh, Winnipeg Jets, the Jets had scored four plus goals, six of their first 10 games before that shutout against the uh, New York Islanders. So uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of block shots. Paul Maurice was kind of talking about that after the loss. You know, we spent these, the, you know, they had a lot of offensive zone time, but they didn't get the quality chances. They didn't get enough pucks through uh, to the net. Uh, in that game against the Islanders. And uh, that's what the Islanders can do. They uh, clog up the road, if you will, uh, and make it very, very difficult to get pucks through to the front of the net. Uh, and they did a very good job of that, obviously, uh, in the victory against the uh, Jets. Jets still dealing with some absences here. It's just when you thought that the uh, Winnipeg Jets might be starting to get a little bit healthier again. Paul Stastny now uh, is going to be out uh, for this game uh, tonight against the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, foot injury. Uh, is what he is dealing with. He took a shot in the last game, so uh, he's definitely going to be out for at least this game. That means there's some shuffling going on at the center ice position. It'll be Pierre-Luc Dubois, Andrew Kopp, Mark Scheifele, Riley Nash uh, as your top four centers uh, going into this game for the uh, Jets uh, here tonight uh, against the uh, St. Louis Blues. When you look at St. Louis, they are uh, back uh, after a 4-1 to loss to the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, on uh, Sunday. Not a great game. Uh, from their standpoint, but they lose 4-1 uh, in that one to Anaheim. It was one of those games where they had their chances, but it was just not one of their best efforts uh, recently. And the one thing about the Blues, they've uh, alternated wins and losses here uh, in their last four games. We'll see if they can uh, bounce back here tonight as they take on the Jets. They've done well here in Winnipeg, 5-1 and one, uh, in the last six meetings here in Winnipeg uh, against the uh, Jets. And the one thing about Winnipeg is we talked previously uh, about their penchant for you know playing a little bit more, not run and gun, but a little bit at least wider open style of hockey uh, on home ice, maybe a little bit looser defensively as well. They've trended to the over so far this year uh, on home ice. They have gone uh, so far 3-1-1 uh, one, and one, uh, to the over here uh, in five home games uh, this year. We'll see if that carries over uh, into this game. 
Uh, by the way, uh, definitely some trends here in terms of rest situations that point to the over for the Jets uh, as well uh, going into this game. So five and a half here being the total. We've seen uh, two, two, one and one to the over the last four meetings uh, between these two teams. And in Winnipeg, the last two meetings have been five, two and five, four final scores. So uh, at five and a half, I wouldn't play it more than five and a half, but at five and a half with Winnipeg at home. And the one thing about the Jets, I find when they get shut out, they are not only a good team to back, but they're good to trust them to score goals and find the back of the net, especially when they're at home off a home loss. You go back and look long term. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets have done well offensively at home after a home loss, and that's the spot they're in here against St. Louis. So uh, small bet on Winnipeg. I like them to bounce back here, minus 120, uh, but I like the over even more than that, uh, five and a half minus 120 over the total here between the Blues uh, and the Jets tonight. So Winnipeg and over for me in that game, but I like the total a bit more. Pittsburgh, Chicago, we've got Pittsburgh minus 135 road favorites, uh, six the total uh, pretty much across the board in this game. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get uh, on a roll with this Chicago team. Uh, it was a best bet winner for me on Sunday night, taking the Chicago Blackhawks minus 110 against Nashville, the first game with Derek King and the new coach and the new staff behind the bench. And the thing I noticed immediately for Chicago is a much improved and much more concerted defensive effort from the Blackhawks in that game. They played much better uh, in their own zone. They didn't give up as much. They, they It was a five-man unit uh, more than anything. You didn't see forwards just, you know, sloughing around and, you know, floating around in the neutral zone waiting to, waiting for the offense to come. No, they had the forwards coming back, helping out the defense, which is not always something you've seen. I mean, getting the forwards to consistently help out defensively and back check for this Chicago team, it has been a chore for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks for Jeremy Colleton previously to get them to do that consistently. And in one game, I already saw more of defensive uh, consciousness across the entire entirety of the ice from the Chicago Blackhawks in that 2-1 to one win against Nashville. We'll see uh, if they can carry that success here over against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, who are struggling right now. 1-4 uh, and four in their last five games. The only victory was a overtime win uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. We know they're still dealing with uh, a COVID-19 uh, protocol, a situation running through the team that has affected Sidney Crosby, that has affected Brian Dumoulin, of course, they're still not ready to have, get an Evgeny Malkin, still not back yet from his injury. So we are definitely still talking about very much a depleted, short-handed Penguins team now going on the road to face the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think this game matters a lot to Chicago because they played Pittsburgh already this year, October 16th in the Berg. Pittsburgh won 5-2, to two, and it was a horrible defensive game to start that, game, that night for Pittsburgh. Chicago. That game was 4 nothing Pittsburgh uh, after the first period, and Marc-Andre Fleury had a really rough night uh, against his former team. Uh, I So not, it's also a little bit of a revenge spot here, but it's not so much the revenge spot. It's just that I think Chicago is, is definitely got more talent than their record at what 2-11 and 11 would indicate, and they just didn't get off to a good start. They, they, they weren't playing well. Uh, you're seeing now Alex DeBrink. It's been very good. Uh, by the way, the the player you want to back right now, there's two players from a goal-scoring prop standpoint that I like in this game. And I'm on Chicago. I'll say that right now. Let me just make sure I mention that, make it official. I'm on Chicago here. Plus 120 uh, is what you can get with the Chicago Blackhawks here uh, at this price against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh struggling. Pittsburgh still without a ton of key personnel. And we'll see if Chicago maybe gets on a little bit of a run here uh, after the uh, coaching change. And they certainly got off on the right foot with the win against Nashville. Uh, but there are a couple goal score props I like here for Chicago tonight uh, in this game. Um, and a couple that are down the list uh, of uh, of the prop, uh, of the goal score props for this uh, particular game. Um, Brandon Hagel. Uh, we have to talk about him. Uh, this is a guy that you know is not uh, exactly featured uh, on the uh, top forward groups uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, but he has been someone that's been actually he's out tonight, so forget that. Uh, Brandon Eagles out tonight, which is a shame because this guy has actually been fine in the back of the net uh, at times this year for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. But the other guy that's going to be in net or sorry on the ice tonight for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks is Ryan Carpenter. You know, someone that's actually been able to uh, step up here. 
uh, a little bit offense. He's getting shots on goal, uh, which has been good to see, uh, and getting more chances. So there's someone uh, you look at here going into this game. Hagel's out. Uh, I just confirmed that right now. Hagel's out. They weren't sure after the last game, but uh, it's de he's definitely out, and he might be out for a little bit of time as well for the uh, Blackhawks, which is unfortunate because he had been playing quite well. Uh, so there's definitely going to be a little bit of a shuffling of the lineup tonight for the uh, Blackhawks. Definitely when you look at their fourth line, Reese Johnson, Ryan Carpenter, Philip Kurashev, who's kind of been demoted a little bit because he's gotten off to a quiet uh, offensive start for the uh, Blackhawks. So that means a lot more is going to fall on the shoulders of Kubalik, Taves, Kane, Kirby Doc, and Alex Debrinkit, you know, the top six forwards. So definitely uh, something to keep an eye on here with the uh, injuries at the uh, depth forward position here for Chicago. I still like Chicago, though. Like I said, if I had won with uh, after that Chicago win the other night, and I said it on Sunday, if Chicago beats Nashville tonight, I might be looking to ride this team a little bit. Uh, with the uh, coaching change. So I'm on the Blackhawks here, plus 120. Uh, San Jose, Calgary, we've got Calgary, minus 220. Home favorites, five and a half the total. Uh, there are not many games so far on this card that I've said pass to, other than I think LA, Montreal, I leaned LA, but I'm not going to bet it. This is the other one. I mean, uh, I certainly lean to Calgary, but minus 220, uh, I'm not going to lay that price. Even the regulation number uh, on the uh, Calgary Flames uh, isn't the greatest. Uh, on the on the uh, three-way line, Calgary is minus uh, 130 uh, in regulation. I certainly think they win the game, but I'm just not ready to uh, lay this kind of number with them. Uh, San Jose's been, uh, I'll tell you what, I give them a ton of credit. Uh, we're talking about a team that has had no Mark Edward Vlasic, Semek, uh, Nieto, Carlson, LeBanc, Meyer, all dealing with COVID-19 protocol. And, you know, they've battled their way to two and two in four games since this situation occurred uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks. So you give them credit. They've fought, found their way. Uh, they've battled. They've been in pretty much every game. The two losses were St. Louis and New Jersey in a shootout. So they've been right there in every game. And this feels like Calgary could win, but it could be, again, one of those games where it's tight. It, it's a one-goal game. And I'm not sure I'm ready to uh, lay this kind of number, uh, either money line or even on the regulation line, in a game that's got – Maybe a decent chance to be a one-goal game because San Jose, the one thing they have done in the midst of all of these uh, absences uh, due to the COVID-19 situation running through the hockey team is they have found ways to still be ultra-competitive and stay in games. And they've gotten relatively good goaltending during this span, for the most part, uh, from James Reimer. The one concern is that's not the guy in net tonight. It's Aiden Hill uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks. And he's definitely seen his numbers just balloon. Three straight starts where he's lost for the uh, San Jose Sharks in net, and he has a 4.59 goals against average and 8.47 save percentage uh, for the Calgary Flames uh, in this game. So, you know, I might, I'm, you know, what I might do actually, I might look at the Calgary team total. I might look at the Calgary team total in this game. Uh, during this homestand, they scored four goals against the uh, Flyers. They were held to three or less against Dallas and Nashville, but we know they exploded against the Rangers on Saturday and scored six goals. Aiden Hill's in a bad way, and I've seen some of these last couple starts he's made. Fighting the puck, not reading the play properly, bad rebound control, uh, just been a little bit slow reacting. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that's going to start a lot more games than he was ever accustomed to starting in Arizona. Uh, and maybe at this point in time, uh, he is uh, – not exactly going to be someone we fully trust uh, the longer the season goes. So you can actually get over three and a half uh, with the uh, Flames team total here in this game uh, at uh, a pretty good price here. You can get plus uh, 120, you know, plus 115, plus 120 uh, with the Calgary team total over three and a half. I'll probably have a small bet on that uh, just because with San Jose going with Hill, he's definitely been fighting it. Uh, and the Calgary Flames continue to play really good hockey. And uh, don't be fooled by the losses against Dallas and Nashville. I thought the Flames played well enough to win both of those games, and, and they just didn't finish their chances quite as well uh, in those two games. But, uh, look, I, I wasn't so sold on Calgary coming into the year, but I got to admit I'm impressed. Seven and four, and pretty much the losses they've had, uh, they've been right there uh, in every game and had a chance to win every game, even the ones they've lost. I mean, you think about the fact that Calgary's last three losses, they were all in overtime. The Anaheim loss, the Nashville loss, the Dallas loss, all in overtime. So the Calgary Flames are that close. Three overtime losses away from being, you know, 
uh, uh, what, 10 and 0 uh, in their last 10 games. You know, if those overtime coin flip type of games go their way, we're talking about a Calgary team that's won 10 straight uh, coming into tonight. So we definitely have to give them uh, a lot of credit for the way uh, they have been playing right now. And certainly when you look at Calgary, they're actually uh, right now with their offense playing at a pretty uh, strong level uh, across the board. They're a good goal scorer prop type of team because they got different guys every night uh, chipping in uh, offensively for them. Lindholm and Mangiapane goes without saying, doesn't hurt to look at them goal scoring uh, prop wise uh, going into this game tonight. Uh, Matthew Kachuk with six goals, Blake Coleman, uh, three goals this season in the 10 games, but uh, he's had 34 shots on goal. You talk about taking a flyer with someone that's bound to start scoring a bit more than he has. That's Blake Coleman right now uh, for the Calgary Flames. So, you know, bad shooting percentage, kind of bad luck that it's just some of the pucks haven't gone in for him. But when you've got 34 shots on goal, he's second on the team in shots on goal. Uh, Blake Coleman right now uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. So, uh, he definitely could and very easily could and should have more than three goals so far this year. So I, I get that sense. If he keeps firing the puck the way he has, he's going to start finding the back of the net. He is an extremely useful player, good two-way forward, has a little bit of edge and grit to his game, physical player, doesn't mind mixing it up as well, uh, throwing the body around, even dropping the gloves every now and then he'll do that. And now he's playing second-line minutes for Daryl Sutter, uh, on a line with Mikel Backlund, uh, Michael Backlund, and Tyler Pitlick uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. So, you know, I think at some point when you see 34 shots on goal for Blake Coleman, but only uh, three goals, you know the worm's going to turn. You would think the worm is going to turn eventually at some point when you're firing that many pucks at the net, when you're only trailing Matthew Kachuk in terms of shots on goal for this Calgary team. You know, eventually you're going to see the puck go in for you. So uh, I'm going to take a sh shot on tonight being the night where Blake Coleman really f finally gets a goal. He's deserved one now uh, for uh, a few games. So plus 250 for Blake Coleman here. Uh, anytime goal scorer for the uh, Calgary Flames tonight. Uh, Seattle Kraken and Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas minus 115. Uh, home favorites, five and a half the total. The money has come in here on Seattle. Uh, in this game, Vegas open minus 135. Uh, it's down to pretty much minus 115 across the board uh, in this game. Uh, I agree with the move here. Um, Vegas is definitely a team that, with all the injuries they've dealt with, uh, it was a pretty solid showing on the road trip, you know, with no Matt Mark Stone, no Max Patcher ready, no William Carlson up front, Zach Whitecloud on the blue line out. The fact they got through that four game road trip through the Eastern time zone, two and two. Not bad. And I think they ran out of gas against Detroit. When you look at that schedule, they played uh, Tuesday in Toronto, Thursday in Ottawa, Saturday in Montreal, Sunday on a back-to-back -back in Detroit. And I don't think they had their legs in that Sunday game against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And now they're back home uh, for their first game uh, off that four-game swing. And that's not an easy spot here for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Seattle, uh, I think Seattle could could get Vegas here tonight. You remember back to the very first game for both of these teams, the very first game in Seattle Kraken franchise history came against this Vegas Golden Knights team in this very building, uh, T-Mobile Arena. And after the first period, Seattle, you could make an argument, was the better team in the last two periods of that game. I thought they outplayed the Vegas Golden Knights in the second period and in the third period. Uh, so it's definitely a situation where I think Seattle should come into this game with confidence. And I think a Seattle team that comes into this game, very, very, uh, fired up to bounce back. Uh, you don't want to be that team. That is the team that you lose to, uh, against a team that have gone winless, uh, all season. But, uh, that's what happened to Seattle on Saturday, uh, Seattle losing to, uh, Arizona, uh, on the weekend, I think you get a much better, spirited, uh, strong effort from the Seattle Kraken here against what could be a worn-down uh, Vegas Golden Knights team back home off a road trip. Worth noting, Chris Drieger uh, activated from in the injured reserve list, uh, and he's actually appeared in one game this year, but it was in a relief spot early in the year against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. This is going to be his first start uh, of the year for the Seattle Kraken tonight uh, as they take on the uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights. 
And uh, I think it's good. Get him in there. If you're Dave Haxtall, he showed it with the Florida Panthers last year. What a quality goaltender he can be. Uh, and I think, you know, getting him in there in this game is going to be a good thing here, especially after Philip Grubauer. Philip Grubauer's had a struggle here with his new team. There's no denying that whatsoever. Uh, Philip Grubauer has definitely been fighting it, fighting the puck a little bit this year uh, for the Seattle Kraken. Of course, he's going to a brand new team, brand new defense in front of him. So that's always a bit of an adjustment period. But uh, it's not like you're going from a goalie that's been just your number one goalie's been rolling so far this year. That's not been the case for Philip Grubauer. He's been very inconsistent for the Kraken. 886 save percentage and a near three goals against average for him. Uh, coming into this game. So uh, I think going to Drieger is a good move. He's a very capable goalie. I like Seattle here. Uh, again, I got a plus 110. It's down to plus 100, plus 105. The money's come in on Seattle. But one thing about Vegas is, you know, you're talking about them now in the favorites role with all of these injuries and returning home off a four-game swing through the eastern uh, East Coast. That's tricky for me uh, when you talk about trusting a team in a spot like this. So uh, I like Seattle here. Uh, and I, look, Seattle's a team that more often than not, I'm going to probably back them at home than on the road. But after losing to Arizona, they catch Vegas off the trip. A Vegas team that, you know, they battled very tough in the first game of the season. In fact, I thought they outplayed the Golden Knights again in the second and third period of that opening game of the season. So give me Seattle here, plus 105 uh, against Vegas uh, in this one. All right, final game of this Tuesday card, Anaheim Ducks. Vancouver Canucks. We've got Vancouver minus 150 to minus 155 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, across the board uh, in this game. Uh, I was, I, I still like Vancouver here uh, in regulation. I had it written down that, or I had it already selected that I was going to bet Vancouver here in regulation uh, against the uh, Anaheim Ducks, which is right around minus 105 plus 100 uh, even money right now. But I, I didn't necessarily expect. Uh, Yaroslav Halak to be announced as the goaltender, especially with how well Thatcher Demko's played. But I guess they figure they want to get him in there uh, for this game tonight. He is 0-2 uh, this year for the uh, Vancouver Canucks as a starting goalie. So that does concern me a bit. And I know Anaheim's won four in a row, but they were all at home. Now they're going on the road. And to be honest with you, I don't really, I, I don't trust this uh, Anaheim team on the road. I think uh, when you look at the way the Ducks have played this year, uh, a lot of their uh, better performances have come on home ice. They're only one and four uh, on the road this year, and they've had some ugly performances away from home uh, as well. I know they lo only lost in a shootout to Vegas on the road, but they got pummeled by uh, Winnipeg five to one in a game. And if you're the Vancouver Canucks, you uh, have had a disappointing homestand during the first six games of this seven game homestand. This is the final game of that seven game a uh, homestand for the Canucks. They're only two and five on the homestand so far. They did bounce back from a tough loss against Nashville. They beat Dallas six to three on Sunday night. And you look at the Vancouver schedule, you're going on the road after this game tonight, and you're playing teams like Colorado and Vegas. And the road trip is going to be a tough one with a lot of tough opponents coming up for the Canucks. This is going to be a game where I've got to look to toward them and they've got to be thinking to themselves, we got to get this one tonight. We need to get this win tonight, so at least we end the homestand three and four, instead of, uh, you know, instead of well, right now they're on the homestand. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks they are two and five, uh, so or two and four so far on the homestand. Would they rather be three and four or two and five? That's the difference a win would make tonight uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. So I think they can get this victory again. Halak is zero and two, but his numbers aren't terrible uh, overall this year. He's played well. Uh, enough 2.07 goals against average 917 uh, save percentage uh, you know he's hasn't played a ton but you know he's played well in the two starts he's made 44 uh, uh, saves on 48 shots so you know he's actually played pretty well here it's, I, I know Demko's been great but it's not a massive drop off going from uh, Demko here to uh, Halak and, and like I said Anaheim's won four in a row but they were all at home and you can question that outside of the win against uh, uh, St. Louis they didn't really beat anybody of quality. They have a, a win against Arizona. They shut out New Jersey, uh, and they beat Montreal, who are reeling right now. So you could argue three of those four wins weren't of the impressive variety for the Anaheim Ducks. So I'm going to stick with it, uh, even with the uh, 
move to a Halak and net tonight for the Vancouver Canucks. I like Vancouver in regulation. You can get that right now at even money right around plus 100 uh, against the uh, Anaheim Ducks here tonight uh, in this game. There are uh, a couple of uh, goal score props here. Again, we've talked about how the Canucks have struggled to score goals, so you really don't want to maybe uh, unload on any Vancouver goal score props tonight, although they did bust out for six against Dallas. And, you know, this team's definitely got more ability to score goals than they've shown uh, through the most part during this recent stretch of home games. And you would think at some point you're going to see some of these players uh, really uh, start to find the uh, back of the net here uh, for this group. And I would think Elias Pettersson, 35 shots on goal, second on the team, but only two goals. So something doesn't add up right there for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. You know he's going to play on the number one power play. You know he's always going to get big minutes. And he's second on the team in shots on goal, but only a couple goals. You would think that's going to, that kind of bad luck or bad or lack of production is going to change a little bit. 35 shots on goal, but only uh, two goals for him. Uh, so, I, I, you know, JT Miller's someone you want to keep an eye on because he's starting to crank it up a little bit. Uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, that might be someone you target tonight as well for a goal scorer prop. He had two in the victory against Dallas. Uh, he scored two goals uh, in the uh, comeback win uh, against the New York Rangers. So those are two that stand out to me tonight. Elias Pettersson, again, 12 games, only two goals, but 35 shots on goal and number two on the team in terms of shots on goal. You would think that puck's going to start going in for an, obviously an extremely talented and skilled center like Elias Pettersson and JT Miller, as I mentioned, he has had four goals in the last three games for the uh, Vancouver Canucks at two goal game against the Rangers and a two goal game Sunday night in the win against the Dallas Stars. So I think he's probably someone uh, you could look toward and bet, bet for a uh, goal scorer prop tonight uh, in this game uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. All right, there you have it. That is the Tuesday NHL card. A great Tuesday night slate of hockey action. Looking forward to it. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Hit the like button. Make sure you do that. If you are watching on YouTube to the Ice Guys show, uh, make sure you hit that like button. Uh, it helps us out quite a bit, and we appreciate you guys tuning in every day. Uh, we will wrap up the show now with best bet for this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card. Uh, lots to choose from. Uh, it is a. This is one day where, you know, yesterday it was slim pickings, and look, we're on a roll with the best bet. To, uh, going into today we cashed the best bet on saturday carolina florida over the total i cashed my ice guys best bet on sunday with chicago minus 110 against nashville uh, we cashed it last night with the washington capitals a uh, team total uh, over three and a half against buffalo so it's a nice little run we've got going with these we don't want to screw it up now so we got to make it count we're going to see if we can keep the streak going uh, here tonight uh, in this one and unfortunately, I was looking Florida, but uh, I'm looking at that game and I'm seeing that they haven't announced a goalie yet. You know what I'm going to go with? Let's do Ottawa-Boston over five and a half. Let's do that. Um, like I say, Ottawa right now, five and a half totals. I'm interested in terms of the high side and, and the overside of that right now with the way this team has struggled to keep the puck out of their own net uh, in recent games. And as Jimmy Murphy has mentioned on this show previously, the Boston Bruins defensive game this year, although it's only the first month of the year, it's still a small sample size. There's a long season left. This is not that same shutdown, tough as nails, physical. You know, we're going to shut you down and we're going to put the clamps on you. Bruins blue line, not what I've seen this year uh, from Boston so far. So a total of five and a half. I think the Bruins find the back of the net and certainly they'll be chomping at the bit to do that after losing to Toronto against a Ottawa team that's been giving up goals and bunches routinely. And on the other side of the fence, I think you see uh, Ottawa uh, chip in some offense as well here against a Bruin blue line that just doesn't look like that same shutdown unit so far this season. So Ottawa, Boston, over five and a half, minus 120. Uh, that is going to be uh, my best bet for this Tuesday uh, NHL card. And let's see if we can keep the uh, streak rolling with my best bets here on the show. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the ice guys right here uh thanks to everyone for tuning in and a reminder if you can't watch the show live on youtube the show is on youtube live the ice guys seven days a week monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern and if you can't watch the show live 
Download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Make sure you download the podcast whenever you can't catch the show live. Thanks again to everybody for watching, for listening. I'm Ian Cameron. We'll hope to have uh, my line mates on the Ice Guys crew back with me tomorrow. Enjoy the games and good luck. Have a great Tuesday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.